This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Beck, it is Pat and Stu, and uh, another good weekend for Ted Cruz, looks like. Uh, I had a nice weekend too, Pat. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't really care about your weekend. I but, didn't. Uh, My weekend Jeffy? was okay. I didn't get a chance to steal any delegates, but you know, hey, I'm okay. Steal any delegates. <laughs> this has been the uh, He won the state in the vote last month. Okay? Big time. By what, 60 points or something? Uh, it was massive. It was like a 50, 55-point win. Yeah, and it's funny. It's one of those things that mm. it, Donald Trump actually probably did better in Wyoming without – because it, it was just winner-take-all. I mean, Cruz would have mm-hmm. won easily. Yes. Um, but instead, he <laughs> you know, went through this process where he actually did win a few delegates, it looks like. <laughs> you know, so I, <laughs> I don't know. Or at least he has a chance to. Yeah. Uh, 14 delegates were up for grabs at the Republican Party convention. Uh, Cruz did get those. However, there's still a few out, uh, out uh, still remaining. I think yeah, he, Wyoming has I, more than 14. I think, so. he, I think he has 20, 23 of the 29. I, I did the stat in the, in the election by numbers segment, but I think he, he has 23 of the 29 locked down now, uh, in, uh, or 25 of the 29, something like that, in, in Wyoming. Uh, so there's still a few kind of stragglers out there that can go their own way. And that's the way it is in a lot of these states. That's the way these things work. Mm-hmm. That is the way these elections are designed. They're, they are not designed as a popular vote. Just like our um, uh, electoral process for the president of the United States, when it comes to a general election, it has an electoral mm-hmm. college. It, the, the, there are rules to these things. You're supposed to know them. Any idiot in the, that has ever run for president and had, had a chance to win it has been able to figure it out, uh, with the exception of Donald Trump. He, and someone pointed this out, um, I think it was um, maybe at Red State, uh, which is a great point, which is the thing that Trump is frustrated about when he complains about the election being stolen is he's being schooled in the art of the deal. Yeah. That yeah. is exactly what's happening. This yeah. thing, which has been his entire pitch for his qualification to be president, he can't even he's do Mr. that Mr. Right. Dealmaker. Yeah, can't even do that right. right. Speaking of the Electoral College, uh, did you graduate from there? I went, I went for three years. To electoral college. I was college, a weekend but, and night uh, student. Were you? Yeah, okay. so. Yeah. yeah I would have had to I go couldn't for figure out years. a major, though, and they finally kicked me out. <laughs> really? So, yeah. Oh, sad. Did play some football for electoral college. Though. You did, and yeah. I will say the parties yeah. are nice. Yeah, they are. They're fun. They're good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Carson, uh, Ben Carson continues to go off the rails. Um, he's been off the rails for a while, but this he's is. An embar- I mean, it's a, he's an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> a literal yes. embarrassment to him, to all of his yeah. supporters, to his yeah. family, to. Yeah. Uh, to his Mankind. profession, I would honestly not go to a neurosurgeon after this. 
I don't believe that they are capable of anything. Uh, people are like, oh, you got to be so smart. you got to be a brain surgeon. No, you don't. Uh, I mean, this is pathetic. This is pathetic what Ben Carson is doing right now. Pathetic. Yeah. I mean, he, he has not an ounce of integrity. And yeah. that's really the thing we liked about him. We thought this guy, oh, wow, real, real integrity out of this guy. He obviously doesn't have any. No. Any. I, I don't think so either. Here's what he said. It's amazing. The Republican Party, as is the Democratic Party, is a private organization, and so what their rules are are set by them. Uh, Sean Spicer, the communications director for the RNC, wrote in this memo, the rules surrounding the delegate selection have been clearly laid out in every state and territory, and while each state is different, each process is easy to understand for those willing to learn it. Uh, take note, Donald Trump is uh, the PS unspoken. Yeah, well, you know, during the Jim Crow era, those were the rules, too. They were written. Everybody oh, knew about them. Didn't make them thing. right. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm not me? saying this is the same. Well, then why uh, did you but, say it? You know, I think you get the point. <laughs> just because rules are there, just because they're written by somebody, doesn't mean that they're right. Doesn't mean that you oh, can't review the system. You know, there are a lot That's of things we need Trump's to look at. For. Uh, you know, from a historical perspective, you know, why do we need the Electoral College anymore? Stop and, mm -hmm. and ask yourself, why was that put in place? And do those same circumstances still apply? I don't know. Ask well, President Gore. Yeah. Uh, and, and you also might want to uh, talk about changing the Constitution because the Electoral College is written into the Constitution. That is the process in the Constitution. That's so great. Again, neither one of I these mean, people know anything about it. God, what? Obviously, idiots. Carson knows very little, and Trump knows nothing. Wow. Uh, when it comes to the Constitution, that's, that is. But that's right. a it's great point. You can do that. It's called a constitutional amendment. Yeah. So yeah. go ahead, have fun with that. Try it. Have fun. You know, it's like the Jim Crow laws. First of all, were uh, immoral. They everybody knew it. Uh, even the ones who were imposing the laws knew it at the time. Nobody's saying that these are immoral laws they're, or rules. Oh, they're not Trump even laws. Is. Trump I mean, is, right? Maybe Trump is. Yeah, but they're not. Well, they're the, not of course, immoral. And as been pointed out by many people, he has 37% of the vote and 46% of the delegates, which means that these immoral laws are helping him. Yeah. And they're helping him, by the way, more yeah. than they're helping Cruz overall. He's just focusing on it here. Uh, you know, look, I... Uh, I'm not saying it's the same. Then why'd you bring it up? Well, there's two issues. I mean, I guess if you want to make the generalized point that not all rules are just, then yes, the Jim Crow thing uh, makes sense in that particular context. You could make anything. You could say every rule the Nazis made uh, was a rule and it mm -hmm. wasn't just. So, mm -hmm. yes, there are rules that are not just. But there are two different parts of this. One, if you think the system is unjust, what you would do is work to change that system mm -hmm. beforehand. You don't do it after or, the contest has started. If you don't like a rule of a football game, you don't change it in the middle of the game. Right. You change it before or you change it afterwards. After. Secondly, it's nothing to do with whether these rules are fair. I think there, are, there is a good argument to be made that you just freaking let the vote happen in these primaries and dish it out. I mean, even when you go to winner take all and all those other things that complicate it, I don't even know if that's worth it. You could do it all proportionally, although then all of your, your uh, contests are going to last forever. These rules are, by the way, designed to help someone like Donald Trump, and they have. When you're a front runner, you can knock the rest of the field out quicker because of this process. This is why there are winner-take-all states later on in the calendar, because the idea was they didn't want... Uh, Mitt Romney, to use an example, uh, having to trudge through 50 states against Ron Paul and Rick Santorum when neither one of them had a chance to win. He want, wanted to get to a point where they got knocked out 
So they had no mm -hmm. chance of winning. And so there was winner-take-all states and huge delegate prizes that get into this so that it can get over faster. This is supposed to help Donald Trump because at this point he's supposed to be blowing everyone else away. He just can't do it. He can't do the basic things. So uh, the idea here is whether you think the system is just or not, it is your responsibility to know the rules of it and to utilize the rules. It's like, I mean, whether it's just, it's, if you think there is a, uh, if you think, um, and a lot of people do in the NFL, think the kickoff is the most dangerous play and they should just get rid of the kickoff because too many people get hurt on it. Well, that's fine and you can fight to get rid of the kickoff. However, what you can't do is not put any of your players out on the field so the other team uh, recovers the ball every time they kick it off. Mm -hmm. you, you have to come up with, you still have to play. And you have to manipulate those rules that you think in a way that will be, utilize those rules in a way that will best benefit you. You know, the exact pitch Donald Trump made for his presidency, the exact thing that he said he was better at than everyone else. When he came out and said, well, you know, I'd be able to I bought off these politicians. I'd be able to get this Iran deal all squared away. I won't make these bad trade deals. I want I can negotiate with uh, places like I, Mexico. They're going to be harder than the RNC. Right. To negotiate A those lot deals. Harder. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. Those are going to be tougher deals in the RNC. Yeah, it's that's embarrassing. This guy amazing. is an embarrassment. It's truly, truly amazing. Ugh. But uh, it's interesting because. Once again, Cruz was the only one to go to Wyoming and even address the convention. Again, all he did was fly in there and show bother. up. He didn't bother. He Cruz was supposed to did. Send, he was supposed to send Sarah Palin, and Sarah Palin bailed out oh, last second did? with no explanation. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously, her husband is sick or, or hurt. Um, you know, she's had He's her, her collection well of covering now. I don't know. I don't know. That maybe there was something we don't know about. Back at home. Who knows? Uh, but she bailed out with no explanation or huh. no, no explanation given to the press, at least. Um, so she had, they had nobody. And then Kasich had uh, Butch Otter, the guy from Idaho. I love Butch Otter. Is it Butch? I don't know. He's the governor of Idaho. We've had him on the show before. That's why I thought you might remember. Mm -mm. Um, but uh, he spoke on behalf of Kasich um, and then Cruz spoke on behalf of Cruz. <laughs> he went, bothered to go, huh. and won easily. Um, huh. Now, look, I, that's the whole thing you do as a, as a candidate. What the huh. hell was Donald Trump? He can't make fly to freaking Wyoming on his private jet that, by the way, he will use his campaign funds to pay himself for, mm -hmm. which is what he's doing. He's taking campaign funds, uh, and he's applying them to the Trump Jet Corporation, uh, which he owns, and uh, he's paying off his own jet bills with them. Yeah, and Cruz, while there, promised to end the war on coal. Now, it, that might seem like a weird topic if you don't know Wyoming very well. Do you know that it is the nation's leading coal producer? You might think, I don't know, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, West Virginia something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Wyoming, the nation's leading coal-producing state. That's amazing. It's amazing. And it is this, the business, the industry that Obama has promised to bankrupt. So, uh, I don't know. You go there and you say a few words about how, yeah, I'm going to end the war on coal. That might help you in that state. <laughs> that might be a little advantageous, and, mm -hmm. it, and it turned out to be. Uh, so now, according to Breitbart, which is really Trump Bart, uh, Trump was robbed of delegates in Georgia after winning the state. Uh, the Trump campaign is accusing Cruz, the Cruz campaign, staging a coordinated attack in Georgia, 
that led to uh, pro-Trump delegates. <laughs> the ultimate victims these people are constantly. We are the toughest guys in the world. How, oh, look mm -hmm. how tough we are. But we're constantly victims constantly. of everyone constantly being able to beat us. And we just constantly mm -hmm. sad, cowering puppies in the corner who are being attacked. But wait, on the so other hand, pathetic. on the other hand, we are the deal makers. We're the only ones who can get it done. Right. We're the toughest of the lot. These guys are weaklings. They have low energy. And that's all this guy does is low energy whining. Yeah. I whine until I win. That's his new thing. I whine until I win. Uh, shut up. Trump supporters walked out of the district convention in Buford Saturday after a Cruz-Rubio alliance bumped all of the potential Trump delegates off that state's slate in Georgia. But the chaos happened everywhere at Saturday's district conventions, with Cruz supporters isolating and targeting pro-Trump delegate candidates in order to reverse Georgia's votes. That's what you do with these things. Yeah, but it, that's how the game is played. Well, and what is left out of the analysis on a lot of these things is that you're not reversing their votes. Their votes are they're bound they're to vote, to, but they're but they, bound. But they're to bound vote on the first, first ballot. ballot. First so ballot. It's yes. not about reversing votes. It's another vote. They're two votes, mm -hmm. and they get to vote the second time. Uh, it's not like you're, well, they're bound for Trump, and they're going to win them over to Cruz. No, they're bound for Trump, and then they're free to do whatever the hell they want. Mm -hmm. And at the, the, a lot of them are choosing Cruz because they know Trump sucks. You know what? Don't <laughs> suck as much. Don't it's be, wild. I don't know, awful in every way. It's a little late for that, Stu. I mean, that's an interesting, you know, statement to make at this point. It's a little late. He, he's 70. He's going to continue to suck. It's probably true. Yes, it is true. Yes, it is true. It's, a, it's 100%. Uh, wow, 100% true. 100% positive. 0% margin of error, by right. the way, on that number. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, according to a pair of national polls, uh, there's shedding some light on the uh, current race. 45% of uh, likely primary voters in the Republican primary said they supported Trump, a new high for him. Jeez. Yeah, this is an interesting, uh, there's a couple According of polls. According to Fox News. Yeah, and, uh, both of them small sample sizes. I mean, for a national yeah, poll, 419, 400 people. that's not very many. It's on the small side, although it's not, it's not you know, it's incredibly, I mean, it's, it's on the small side. Um, and it was 45. In a nation of 320 million? Yeah, it seems small. Right, but the margin of error ticks down pretty quickly. I mean, if you can get mm -hmm. to 1,000 people, like, there's almost no reason to do more. Because of the way the margin of error right. works. Yes. Um, you know, because you get to the point but where... But that's at 1,000. We're right. less than Four, half Yeah, that. usually, like, the smallest you'll here. ever see is about 200. Um, 400 yeah. is pretty small. Um, so, but, you know, uh, this is... Uh, no other poll is saying anything like this um, with with Trump. At 45, Cruz 27, and uh, Kasich 25. Now, there's, a, there's another poll from CBS that has uh, Trump at 42, Cruz 29, Kasich 18 which is a little bit more representative of the rest of the polling. Still, um, that one's kind of crappy, too. Yeah, it's not a great one either. Um, but again, this is not about a national poll. And there's one thing about the national primary, uh, which is kind of interesting, is that there isn't one. <laughs> well, so. by that you mean what? That it's It just hasn't happened yet, the national primary? The national primary... It, when is well, it coming? When it, is it the It comes up primary? on... Uh, it, well, it happens... The, the time it happens is never o'clock. Uh, yeah. Uh, never o'clock. Does not occur. Uh, uh, ever. On the 43rd of June. Uh, the 43rd, yep, of, uh -huh. of Juvember, <laughs> um, which is uh, it's in between June and November. 
Okay. Yeah, so check it out. Right. Uh, make sure you vote. Get your votes, uh, get your ballots in. Um, in the national primary. You can primary. vote early in your state primary, by the way, um, which is actually how this thing is decided. Um, <laughs> this is the, I, I love that it's just this constant whining about the rules. And I honestly think it's okay to whine about the rules, but not after the start of the game. You yes. can whine about the right, rules. Right, right. He honestly could have been whining about the rules in Colorado, I don't know, three months ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, Colorado's coming up, and they shouldn't be doing this. And let me, we're making a big deal. We're going to try to change this before. And we're going to try. Look, the, uh, the reason why a lot of these parties don't do this, by the way, is cost. It costs a fortune to hold a primary. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to pay the money, um, especially when yeah. a lot of times you have to put up. State budgets are, are strained anyway. People are and, looking for budget cutbacks. Yeah, so in Colorado, the, the, the governor at one point said, we're not paying for the cost of this anymore. We're not, we're not doing this. So a lot of times the state party would do it, but it's very expensive. You're talking about thousands of polling locations mm-hmm. set up. In mm-hmm. states like Wyoming, it, it's very sparse population. I mean, there obviously are major population centers for Wyoming, but still. Well, major. Right, majors in quotes. And, and, yeah. and, and the minor ones are spread out like, I don't know, you drive 20 minutes from house to house. Where do you put the polling Casper, center? I think, is the biggest city in the state, and it's 18 people. 18, 18 people. So, 18 I mean, maybe you could manage Wyoming. that election. Yeah, yeah, but it I costs mean, might, a lot, and it's difficult, and it makes, and, you know, <laughs> you wind up throwing a, a statewide election for 795 people who wind up showing up and, and voting. Yeah. Um, and it winds up being problematic. I mean, it's, you know, so a lot of these states don't do it. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, uh, certainly Trump would have no problem with government paying for whatever thing would help him. I mean, that's been his entire career. But, I mean, a lot of these state parties say, no, we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's their right to do that, especially if they, I don't know, announce it a year in advance. Now, they did not announce uh, the idea of there, there wouldn't be a binding election in Colorado um, a year before. They did it in 2008. So it's okay, possible. well there you go, Mr. Cruz apologist. It wasn't a year. <laughs> it was only eight years. <laughs> You're pathetic with your Cruz apologetics. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, more patents do coming up in a sec, but right now we've got to tell you about our friends at My Patriot Supply, because um, they have real food to keep you really prepared in a real emergency. You know, we we had a chance to see over the weekend a real tragedy in several places around the globe. Japan, Ecuador. Mm. Ecuador had a 7.8 Richter scale um, earthquake. And, I mean, that can throw things out of whack for a while. And so, I mean, a bare minimum is a two-week emergency food supply. And you can get that right now. For fifty bucks, hmm. fifty dollars, yeah, fantastic. Deal. I mean, you see this. I mean, obviously, it happens more in other countries. Um, yeah. Ecuador, you know, that's the thing. When when a tragedy hits a place like Ecuador, it gets really ugly really fast for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, we've seen that in Haiti uh, and, and many other places. The United States, though, is not immune. Uh, we're not perfect. I don't know if you've noticed this. The government doesn't exactly work great. I mean, think about think about if you were in Katrina, for example. Right. Think about if you were in Katrina and you were able to stay in your home and not have to uh, to trudge around the the, uh, the streets FEMA. and and depend on FEMA and them showing up to do yeah. uh, what you know you should have done for your own family if you were able. Um, you know, this is what my Patriot Supply gives you. They give you an opportunity to solve problems like that. You have food in your house ready to go. It's made from the highest quality, quality ingredients, and it's, it you know, tastes really good, too, which is nice. Even though you're in an emergency, you might say, well, I'll eat cockroaches if I have to. Maybe you will, but why would you if you could have 25 years uh, of, 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 of good food until you need to eat it? Find a drowned cockroach from a flood that just happened. 
okay, and it's there now, and I, I can pick it up and eat it. Or I have this tasty uh, fettuccine Alfredo in a package that hasn't been, hmm. you know, uh, drowned or killed There's or anything. almost no decision. Now, I'm well, thinking look. I'm going the, pou the pouch full of uh, fettuccine Alfredo. You need to Alfredo. do your own homework on this, okay? You need to eat a cockroach <laughs> and eat fettuccine Alfredo and pick the one you like better. Yeah, you choose. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to choose for you. But it's uh, two weeks of food for 50 bucks, limit two per caller. <laughs> Uh, give them a call, 888-893-9140, 888-893-9140, or online at preparewiththeblaze.com. Again, it's mm -hmm. preparewiththeblaze.com. Or there's the cockroach option. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy, and he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm just arguing about the fact that we had, uh, like... Since April fifteenth happened on a Friday, they gave us till Monday. I don't. I don't. Oh yeah, for taxes. Why? Why? I mean, I you, it's a weekday. Why would you? Okay. Well, now we're going to give you the weekend. I mean, I. It's nice. You know, it's nice. It's nice. I utilized I it. I, and did I was you? able to utilize uh, that to get my I did extension a, uh, file? An extension. <laughs> I love about I'm two gonna, weeks ago. I had some bad news too on this front. Do you? Yeah. What? This is not going to be a good year. Really? Why? Yeah, I'm going to get hammered this year. There's a couple what? things I forgot about. Oh, no, really? You know, yeah. Well, I mean, good things. I mean, right? I mean, because when you get tax bills, usually it's because you had additional income for, yeah, we had a couple of investments that were came through this year that I've, yeah. Know, once the money comes in, you're just like, what? It's gone. It's, you can't tax that now. <laughs> I have it. Well, apparently they hey, It doesn't work like that. The United States government does it? not it's agree strange. with that analysis at all that for whatever really reason. <laughs> Interestingly, so I'm going to get hammered. What pisses me off there ah! is, and people do not, they refuse to comprehend this, or they refuse to acknowledge it. But when you have a tax like that on a dividend or a capital gain, mm -hmm. it's already been taxed as income in the first place because you take that income and then you invest it. So you already paid the tax on the income. Mm -hmm. And then again, when you've made a, a, a gain on the investment, now you pay another tax, so it's double taxation. Why is that okay? Why is it fair? It shouldn't, there shouldn't be a tax on it at all, but even though there is, people are pissed about that because that tax isn't high enough. Yeah. There, How high for... should the double tax be? Did, did I tell you about this? Uh, wow. Drives me out of my mind. This is a, there's a way they're trying, I mean... They kind of admit they're not going to be able to do this, but they want to tax, not only get rid of the, the mortgage tax deduction, which I actually am for, um, but beyond that, the idea that you would actually be taxed on your own rent, essentially. So to follow this, they, the economists theorize that you are essentially renting your house from yourself. You are essentially the landlord getting the income from what? yourself. I swear, what? it's uh, I can't remember the name of it. I can try to find the uh, the name of the. Doesn't even make sense. No, 
It does. If you're your own what? landlord, then you own the home. No, no. no? This is where okay. you're wrong. Okay, right. hold on. Let me, right. I'll, uh, let me read this because we've got some great stuff. Because uh, I personally am my landlord. Well, me and the bank that owns most of the house. Right. So you are. You're not. But, I mean, you're borrowing, right? Yes. Um, so this is this is called. Uh, 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 oh, let me just read it for you. It's called taxing imputed rental income. That's what it's called. How homeowners are effectively their own landlords, but unlike traditional landlords, they don't have to pay taxes on the rent they pay themselves to live in their homes. This theoretical rent, imputed rent in economist jargon, is a form of income, and right now that income is tax free. That amounts to a big subsidy for home ownership. How does rent income? (laughs) Well, when you're not paying it, because if you're a landlord, like I'm renting a house to you, and you pay me rent to live in the house, well, then yes. That is income for me, right? Yes, you're, to you, to me, or, but not or, to the renter. Not to the rent. Not if I, you, if you're paying the rent to yourself. Yes. Right. Right. Um, it's a tricky concept, but it's actually not controversial among economists or tax experts. The White House even includes. But are the, it. is that what they say? Like, if you're my landlord, they're considering me the owner of the renter too. I mean, the, I'm paying the like, rent so to if myself. I, if and I not rent to a house, you? if I rent a house to Pat, yeah. right. Uh, Pat pays me a thousand dollars a month for this house. I am getting a thousand dollars of Must rental. Be a sweet house, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thousand, really? Yes. Okay. I am getting a <laughs> rental income of a thousand dollars a month. Right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I have to put on my taxes as a business. I'm running a business yes. essentially. Now, okay. So is the tax to you or to me? The tax would be on me. Okay. Because I am getting the income. However, what they're income. saying is, if Pat owns his own house and lives in his own house, he's theoretically paying rent to himself. To live in the house. So he should be taxed on the rental income, essentially taxing money you're spending. Holy crap. So And that's so unbelievable. So that's on mortgage then, not on rental properties. Right. right. So, so if you rent a house, I though, am my own. Right, because you own. I, I own. It's a way to go after homeowners. So right. you're going not after renters. homeowners. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And you get, then you're going to get double. Then you're going to get like double or triple whacked if you own a home to rent because you're going to pay on the rental okay, income coming into but, you. I mean, you might as well not talk about that. So that's not going to happen. Well, that's what I say too. It's you not going to happen. You would have and a they even say in here, bolt right, on that. They even say here uh, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. However, they do say that the White House includes an estimate in its budget for how much revenue the government is giving up by leaving imputed rent untaxed: seventy-five billion dollars in My 2014. Gosh. You know, they just hit record numbers of income revenue from taxation. Uh, and they do this pretty much every quarter now. And they, they still want more. They still want yeah. more. Huh? And even though, even though the tax revenue goes up, the actual GDP doesn't because the economy is stalling. Because the taxation is pretty high and they haven't stirred up the economy at all so if I mean, they were to lower taxes, lower taxes is that what you're trying to say you will increase revenue yes huh. almost mm. every single time that mm. happens yeah it's true I, and it drives me out of my mind i know it's it's really frustrating but um, here's but yeah this is uh prager university put a great uh explainer really video stuff. together um, and Prager University, by the way, has a lot of really good stuff. If you ever, you know, want things that can explain uh, concepts that you might understand from li- watching, you know, The Blaze or listening to talk to radio or just being generally smart, um, and you have trouble sometimes co- explaining it to some liberal who just clicks like every time Hillary Clinton posts something, 
Prager University has a lot of really good explainer type videos that go through these things. And this is a great one talking about three brothers and the progressive income tax. Watch. Once upon a time, there were three brothers, triplets, named Tom, Dick, and Harry Class. They were raised in the same home with the same parents, had the same IQ, same skills, and same opportunities. Each was married and had two children. They were all carpenters making $25 per hour. While they were very similar in all these respects, they had different priorities. For example, Tom chose to work 20 hours per week, while his brother Dick worked 40 hours, and Harry, 60. It should also be noted that Harry's wife worked full-time as an office manager for a salary of $50,000. Dick's wife sold real estate part-time 10 hours a week and made $25,000 per year. Tom's wife did not work. Tom and Dick spent all of their family income. Since they paid into Social Security, they figured they didn't need to save for retirement. Harry and his wife, on the other hand, had, over many years, put away money each month and invested it in stocks and bonds. Mm -hmm. Here's how it worked out. Tom made $25,000 a year. Okay. Dick and his wife made $75,000. And Harry and his wife, $150,000. Okay, so you have three families. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's important that you know that they're all the same background. Mm -hmm. uh, they've made different life choices, uh, different uh, things they've sacrificed. The, the big one family, the high-income people make 150000 Middle-income, 75000 as a family. And the low-income, 25000 as All a right. family. So where does this uh, epic story go? Watch. When a new housing development opened up in their community, the brothers decided to buy equally-priced homes on the same private street. Mm -hmm. One day, the brothers decided to pool their funds for the purpose of improving their street. Okay. Concerned about crime and safety, and wanting a more attractive setting for their homes, the three families decided to install a security gate at the street's entrance, repave the street's surface, and enhance the lighting and landscaping. The work was done for a total cost of $30,000. Harry assumed they would divide the bill three ways, each brother paying $10,000. But Tom and Dick objected. Why should we pay the same as you? They said, you make much more money than we do. Harry yeah. was puzzled. What does that have to do with anything, he asked. My family makes more money because my wife and I work long mm. hours and because we have saved some of the money we've earned to make additional money from investments. Whatever. Why should we be penalized for that? Harry, you can work and save all you like, Tom countered. But mm. my wife and I want to enjoy ourselves now, not 25 years from now. Fine, Tom, do what you want. It's a free country. But why should I have to pay for that? I can't believe you're being so unbrotherly, Tom argued. Your lips don't. You move. have a lot of money and I don't. I thought you'd be more generous. <laughs> are they ventriloquists? They are. The whole family? Yes. Holy cow, that's Rager pretty... needs better actually, animators. We, they, should, they don't actually point that out, but that is the job they all do. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're all ventriloquists. Mm -hmm. yeah. And one of them is just way more successful right, yes. at it. Well, and you works know. harder. You know, and, and, I mean, they all look equally skilled at it. Yes, they are. They are very good. But again, this is about personal choices. Okay. Okay, so, right. the, so the point here is that $30,000 to fix up the street. <clears throat> yeah. You know, the rich guy's like, well, we split it. You know, we, we split, split it. 10000 which is right. what you would do at a dinner or a movie or whatever when you go out. Um, but no, apparently when uh, spending money for the common good and security, national security, obviously, mm -hmm. or uh, cleaning up the area or doing things that needed to be done for the group, 
Um, that's not good enough for the other two. And as we watch this last part here, what's important here is what happens at the very end when with, with the middle guy. Okay. The middle guy is the important. You know what the rich guy believes. You know what the, 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 uh, the poor guy believes. Watch what the guy in the middle winds up doing as a decision, which is Dick in this particular uh, example. Yeah, it's not hard. It's Tom, Tom Dick, Dick, and Harry. And Harry. There you go. All right. Watch. At this point, Dick, the peacemaker in the family, entered the conversation. I've got an idea, Dick said. Our combined income is $250,000, and $30,000 is 12% of that amount. Why don't we each pay that percentage of our income? Under that formula, Tom would pay $3,000, I would pay $9,000, and Harry would pay $18,000. I have a much better idea, said Tom, and one that's fairer than what you're proposing. Dick and Harry turned to Tom. Harry should pay $23,450. Dick, you should pay $6,550. And I will pay nothing. To Dick, this sounded completely arbitrary and not really fair, but it did have one big plus. His share would be $2,450 less under Tom's formula than under his own. So he decided to be silent. Harry, however, was stunned. You want me to pay almost 80% of the bill despite the fact that each of us is receiving the exact same benefits? Where did you get such a crazy idea? From no less an authority than the U.S. government, Tom responded as he pulled out a gray booklet. It's all right here in the IRS tax tables. This is the progressive income tax system all U.S. taxpayers live under, and I don't see why we should be any different. In fact, I believe all future improvements should be paid in this way. Works for me, said Dick. So, by a vote of two to one, the cost of the street improvements was divided as Tom had proposed, even though they benefited equally, and even though the reason Harry had more money was that he and his wife had worked many more hours than his brothers and their wives, and had saved some of what they had earned, instead of spending it all. <laughs> Tom and Dick lived happily ever after with their new arrangement. Harry grumbled a lot, but whenever he complained, his brothers called him greedy, and selfish. <laughs> That's great. It's great. And, and That's the, great. The, the worst part about this, and this is where it comes to, Glenn's talked about so many times about principles and interests. If you have a principle that says, and actually you're trying to get fairness, you look at that situation and say it's ridiculous that this one brother spends, you know, buys 80% of the improvements while we do less. But the middle class guy saved under that. So mm -hmm. it obviously the poor... The, the poor guy gets it for free, and it's great for him. But the middle class is the guy who's the problem there. Because is it right, forget if it benefits you, is it right that this guy should spend 80% of the, uh, pay 80% of the bill? And to me, the obvious answer to that is no. Um, but because there's a slight advantage to, to Dick uh, in this particular uh, arrangement, mm -hmm. he is willing to shut up about it, to call his brother greedy if he complains about it, to, to say, ah, well, he can afford it. All the same excuses that we've heard all the time from every politician on the left. And that is really problematic. You, you have to be able to say, look, I, I, I understand that he makes more. Maybe he can pay a little bit more. That's what a flat tax does, mm -hmm. as, as shown there. He would still pay more than everybody else. But shouldn't the, shouldn't the lower end still pay something? And shouldn't the middle class mm -hmm. still have to pay a little bit more than they're doing? Yeah, and what? normally happens then is that because harry has been so mistreated he moves out of the neighborhood yeah okay you idiots are on your own we're out of here that's 
I mean, that happened in France. It's happened. It happened in Sweden. It happens in all high tax uh, areas. And it, the the one little problem that I noticed with the uh, neighborhood, though, is the lack of diversity. I mean, thank you. The racism there was just well, they were a family, so uh, unbelievably apparent. Their brothers, but none of them, nor were their wives, were minorities. None of them. So, I mean, all right. No fairness. So they should have no diversity. married. No inclusion. Based on racial. Yes. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Plus, uh, right here. I mean, maybe it should have been Tom, Bridget, and Harriet. I mean, maybe we could right. have had some trans in there. Something. Yes. Questioning gender questioning. Yeah, that would have been nice. Gender. Patents do. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. I think we're learning some things lately about uh, gender and identity, and you know who you really are inside. And and I think we're understanding that you should just be who you are, or who you're not, but who you'd like to be, and then we'll say that's who you are, uh, even if that's. You know, you're a big, tall, white guy, and you say you're a 90-year-old Chinese woman. I mean, who am I to say you're not a 90-year-old Chinese woman? I don't know what you're like inside. I mean, it, do I? I mean, the proper question there is in whose conception and what paradigm? Right. What are we resisting? Uh, what are we resisting? Collectivization uh, of manufacture? I don't know. The institutionalization of the human psyche? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> uh, well, that is uh, kind of where we are. That's kind of the level of conversation here. It is. Uh, with this particular video. This is from the Family Policy Institute of Washington. And it's bizarre. I mean, part of me wants to laugh at it. But, I mean, it is a real problem. Where, like, mm-hmm. our, we are developing a, a group of kids, uh, a generation of people, who can't say the most obvious thing in front of them. They right. can't recognize the most basic truth about what they see. It seems like a problem. It seems like a problem. Watch. Whether you identify as male or female and whether your sex at birth is matching to that, you should be able to utilize the resources. So if I told you that I was a woman, what would your response be? Good for you. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> i like, what? Thank really? you. I don't have a problem with it. I'd ask you how you came to that conclusion. If I told you that I was Chinese, what would your response be? I mean, I might be a little surprised, but I would say, good for you. Like, yeah, be who you are. I would maybe think you had some Chinese ancestor. I would ask you how you similarly came to that conclusion and why you came to that conclusion. Um, I would have a lot of questions just because on the outside I would assume that you're a white man. If I told you that I was seven years old, what would your response be? Look for you. Um, I wouldn't believe that immediately. Uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't believe it, but I mean, I it wouldn't really bother me that much to go out my way and tell you no, you're wrong. I'd just be like, oh, okay, he wants to say he's seven years old. If you feel <laughs> seven at heart, then <laughs> then so be it. Yeah, good for you. But that's not what. I... <laughs> good for you. No, that's good not you. good for him. That's not good for no. a 38 year old man or 40 year old man to say he's seven. That's not good. A calendar no. has nothing to do with how you feel. 
To say that if that's how you feel at heart, well, then your heart is wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're saying you're seven years old and and you've been alive for longer than seven years. (laughs) That's just a calendar issue. But, I mean, in a way, uh, that's now offensive, right? I mean, we're talking... We get hammered all the time for being science deniers. Are you kidding me? They're denying what's right in front of their faces. That this is a white, middle-aged guy. And they're saying, well, good for you if you want to be seven years old. Okay, you are. No, that's not who he is. And it's obvious to every living human being. Every one of us. So... Can we stop with the science denying? Can we stop with the biology denying? When a man says he's a woman and feels that way that day and goes into a woman's bathroom, that's not okay. That's not okay. You're, the biology tells us differently. Tells us you're not a woman, you are a man. I, I don't know how you feel, but you're not. What I do know is what you are not, and you are not a woman unless you have the hoo-ha. Now, when you change that and you take a knife to the man unit and you... It becomes a hoo-ha. Becomes a hoo-ha somehow through the magic of modern science, then okay, I'm going to say, all right, you're a woman. You're a woman. This is such an interesting... It's so... It's interesting to me. Because, like, the bathroom thing is obviously kind of what they're going with here. Like, that, mm-hmm. this, this new story about how your you know, transgender people should be able to go to whatever bathroom they feel right in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... In this debate, we're saying essentially that gender doesn't matter. Why can't it be that the transgendered person goes into a re- uh, uh, a, the restroom of their uh, birth sex, right. if you will? Assigned, Assigned sex. Assigned sex, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're a guy, they want to transition into a woman, they go into the guy's bathroom. Shouldn't they be the ones saying, well, you know what, I, I, because gender doesn't matter, I feel f- completely comfortable in here. Yep. What, like instead, we're supposed to say the people who aren't changing their gender are supposed to feel comfortable with the person coming in who's transgendered, right? Because gender doesn't matter. Right. However, on the other side, this person has to go into the uh, other the, the female gender because bathroom gender does because matter. gender completely matters, and it's the most important thing in the world. Exactly. It's it's, a, it's such a weird dichotomy. At the same time, they're saying gender is does not matter at all, and is also the most important thing in our society. Yeah. Here's part two of the of the guy on campus. So if I wanted to enroll in a first grade class, do you think I should be allowed to? Uh, <laughs> probably not, I guess. I mean, unless you haven't completed first grade up to this point, and so you can do that now. If that's where you feel, like, mentally you should be, then this I feel like Holy there are crap. communities that would accept you for that. I would say so long as you're not hindering society. And you're not causing harm to other people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that should be an okay thing. Wow. If I told you I'm six feet, five inches, wow. what would you say? Okay. That I would question. Why? <laughs> because you're not. <laughs> no, I don't think you're six foot five. If you what? truly believed you're six five, I don't think it's harmful. I think it's fine if you believe that. It doesn't matter to me if you think you're taller than you are. <laughs> so you'd be willing to tell me I'm wrong? I wouldn't tell you you're wrong. No, but I say that um, I don't think that you are. I feel like that's not my place as, like, another human to say someone is wrong or to draw lines or boundaries. You're right, Pat. She's the joy of this video. is the joy. She has been totally 
and completely indoctrinated into this new weird reality where nothing is as it seems. Right. I mean, that's the thing I think is the part, biggest part of this debate. Gender, which is, race, height, nothing means if, anything to if, age. If you're a male and you f say you think you're female, uh, the, the liberal response to that seems to be, well, then you're right. Yes. Like it's, yeah. But, I mean, your feelings, I th feel I'm good at sports. That doesn't mean I'm right at it. Jeffy feels like he's athletically overweight. That doesn't well, I, mean he I, is. I am 100% right on that. You ask, I mean, you ask anyone. But what I'm saying, <laughs> I We've will. asked a lot of people. 100% right on that. Don't seem to Don't agree. even start with that. Okay, but, you know, <laughs> hey, who are we? If well, yeah, but That's the thing. Is, we are people <laughs> with discernment and judgment, mm -hmm. and we are able to see the most obvious things. Now, look, sometimes there are... Is there a gray area in life? Sure. There's sometimes you can't figure certain things out. You know, there are there are disagreements. And I, if you feel a certain way, I mean, that that might be important to you. Is that important to the rest of the society? Is it important that the rest of the society has to change their laws, their traditions, the, the way they live, because you feel a way that you're you, know, you might not be? If I feel like a plate of spaghetti, am I a plate of spaghetti? Yeah, that's interesting because, uh, you know. That's interesting, because the, the <laughs> left did that thing with the flying spaghetti monster where, to mock religion. Well, uh, I guess we could just come up with any religion right. then. The flying spaghetti monster's the head of this religion, and you have to respect it. Well, isn't that... The, could we not do the same thing? We could do I the feel same like thing. spaghetti? Yes. I, I, you know, could, could we not do the same thing? So I can lay down on every plate in this restaurant, and I'm going to, because I'm a plate of spaghetti. Let's do that as an experiment. Yeah, Jeffy... We're going to have you uh, go to an Italian restaurant and lay down on a plate. <laughs> I'm a plate of spaghetti. That would be A hilarious. big, fat plate of spaghetti. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat Stu. Just one minute here, Pat. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do the story on the, the anti-LGBTV thing? Mm. We probably don't have time for that, do we? No, probably not. not but we can, uh, we can mention that uh, coming up in a few minutes we'll be uh, discussing that. Kind of ties into what we just saw. Uh, city employees been barred from traveling to anti-LGBT states uh, by the Santa Fe mayor. So bizarre because these same people have no problem with sending them to countries that will execute gay people. Uh, they will literally mm -hmm. throw them off rooftops. Them. Throw them off yeah. rooftops. Execute them, kill them in uh, heinous ways. And no one cares. Nobody cares. Same with them. these artists, right? Now, not only the city workers and the mayors who are saying no travel to these cities or states mm -hmm. or counties or whatever it is. Same with the artists. Well, wasn't it Brian Adams? Or, or yeah. He performed in Egypt, but he won't perform in travel North all around Carolina the world performing at these places, but yeah, they're not going to perform. I can't perform in Louisiana. Michael Moore won't Hypocrisy. show his movie in North Carolina, and someone tweeted, uh, isn't it great to have the liberty to not do business with people that you disagree with? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it great? Nice.
727 back. Pat and Stu. Oh, welcome. You know, after barring city employees from traveling to anti-LGBT TV uh, states, <laughs> Santa Fe Mayor uh, Javier Gonzalez <laughs> is traveling to anti-LGBT Qatar. Douchebag. What a moron. I mean, this is like we were saying before the break. This is where people are murdered for being homosexual. This is where, you know, in some cases, Sharia law exists, mm -hmm. and they don't mess around with, you know, they're not all inclusive there. They're not, they're not, um, uh, they don't care how you feel. I don't know if you're aware of that. Diversity doesn't mean that much to them. And tolerance is not a word that they toss around all the time. No? No. They will kill you for being homosexual in these places. I mean, it was so bad in Iran that what's-his-face uh, denied there were even homosexuals in the country. He's probably right, because they killed them all. Akhmadinejad, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He uh, did. I mean, they, uh, ISIS tossing them off rooftops recently. They're being beheaded. Uh, they're put in prison. The Saudi police will come around and and arrest you for being homosexual and put you into prison and do that without trial. I, I mean, so the openly gay mayor was selected to go to Qatar by the U.S. Conference of Mayors. And uh, Qatar will pay for the trip, and he's on his way. So good luck with that. Good luck. <laughs> he struggled with the decision, though. Did he? Did he, he really? did struggle with the he decision. He struggled yeah. with the decision. He struggled with the decision, and then he said, "Look, you know what? Um, it's a free trip. I'm going. That's what he I'm said. I'm going to go, and because they said that I'm going to be given the opportunity to raise human rights issues in these meetings, I'll go." Yeah, what a douchebag, poor lion sack of crap. It's important. Though what a go. hypocrite! I'm just, I'm so tired of this. Then we got this uh, from uh, Caitlyn Jenner. She's apparently struggling with the idea of gender reassignment surgery, and my question is, why? I mean, I thought, you know, you identify now as a woman, and there uh, she is, lovely. Good look right there. And, uh, and so she, uh, why would you struggle? If, you wanna, if you're a woman screaming to get out of this man's body, why would that be a struggle for you at all? I, I, I don't fully understand that. She revealed to her ex-wife she received a new driver's license, reading Caitlin Marie Jenner, and the gender marked F for female. How do you go as a man who has man parts and get a woman's driver's license? Be former, formerly Bruce Jenner. I mean, I don't you know. See, that, you don't I think, think the average do that uh, for everybody. transgendered person could get this done? No, I, I don't. I don't think you. I'm not, uh, obviously, you know, maybe in today's world you can, but I yes, think you still have to prove. I think you. I think you still have to prove that you're a female. I don't you think so. Wait a minute, I but that's, an, that's so. an interesting point. Let, let's talk about. Take it out of the issue of this, this, of this whole thing that is very difficult for many of us to figure out. Mm -hmm. But put us in the perspective of just the mechanics of what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. As Jeffy pointed out, prove that you're a man or a woman. What are you doing? You're dropping your pants to do that? I mean, you're not doing that at the, at the driver's. I mean, maybe if you're Jeffy would, but Jeffy, you do it for different reasons. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? How, how, do, you, how do, you, do you have a, a certificate of yeah, authenticity from the, the doctor? with the medical and then in front of the courts. I don't know. When you're Caitlyn Jenner and everybody knows who you right. are. I mean, that one probably does work yeah, easily. That one but, I mean, what does the average easily. person do? You're Jeff Fisher, and we've seen you dress up many times as a woman, uh, Hillary right. Clinton being the most recent example of that. 
Um, and you go in dressed as Hillary, and you go in and you say, "Hey, look at uh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a chick now, uh, so I just need this to say F on it instead of M. Can you just retake the picture? And I want you to change my, my name to Jeffina. To Jeffina. And now that name. And so they just say yes. The name so. change. They're going to make because I don't think they do. I don't think they can. That idea is state issued. And it goes to proving who he is if law enforcement ever pulls him over or needs to find him or whatever. So if he identifies as a woman and his driver's license says he's a woman, but then he starts dressing like a man to avoid capture, uh, I mean, can you not fool law enforcement with that? Sure. Well, no, that's... I mean, you have to be able to prove who you are and what, as a, to get a passport, right, let alone the state-issued uh, ID. It would right. seem like you would need to show them. That your gender yeah, I, is I, what you say. I think you still have to go in front of the courts, and the court has to say, boom, you're a... <laughs> that means there's something behind me. Whenever he looks like that, there's something behind me. <laughs> I think it's true. i got to be honest. This one just... It's just on your resume. <laughs> you're an expert on so many things, I, though. We're just I'm like, all right, why not? Yes, why I not? am. Right? Thank why you. not? I mean, you have that shirt that says official inspector, I remember... That works sometimes. Anyway, uh, so not only did he get his driver's license updated, he got his birth certificate updated. So, uh, How? I'm sorry, have you changed that you be... were born a man and now you're a woman? You can't, you can't go from boy to girl on your birth certificate, can right. you? Not, not unless you're Caitlyn Jenner. But I mean, I guess the, the excerpt is I was actually a woman. And uh, I was born, they misrepresented what I was. That's unreal. A... That is unreal. It, it is. I will say this. Wow. You could you could argue however you want, and I know the left would argue many different things on this. However, the left would not be able to deny that yep. when the last Clinton was president, there is no there was nobody arguing these things. I mean, yes, right. Even the people on the left were not making these arguments. They <laughs> oh were, my gosh, They no. were the example gosh, arguments. No. Like they were saying, they weren't even saying gay marriage at that point. Mm-hmm. But like when you when someone would say, well, there might be gay marriage, you'd say, well, soon they're going to be saying you can just walk into any bathroom you want. Soon they're going to be saying, oh, well, you can go in and get your driver's license changed from M to F just by your word. Oh, even if you don't surgery. be ridiculous. Oh, don't be ridiculous. That will never happen. Stop with your slippery slope arguments. Mm-hmm. Look, sometimes slippery slope is right. Um, and whether you think these things, maybe you think this is the way this should have gone and we should have had these things changed. I find it really difficult just pragmatically to figure that stuff out i I don't i mean Mm -hmm. for so many for so long these things were just basic obvious truths you know if you gotta as pat would say a hoo-ha you're a girl Mm -hmm. if if not you're a dude you know and 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 like can there be a confusing case here and there maybe sure but the idea that making a law that says that private businesses can stop people who identify but have not actually transitioned into a different sex from going into that bathroom, that, that, that has become hate-mongering on the level of Qatar or Qatar or gutter is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it it, is. it's just patently yes, absurd. It it, it, and so, and then, and then the end of this story is uh, Caitlyn Jenner is concerned or worried about, or how is it put, uh, struggling with the idea of gender reassignment. Well, what do you mean? I, how, do, how are you struggling with that if you're absolutely 100% convinced that you're a woman? Wouldn't you want the woman part? Because uh, you're not a woman without the woman, woman part. You might 
<clears throat> you might be under some sort of hormone therapy or whatever. Which, yeah, he most definitely Which, is. you know, will eventually probably raise the voice and, and grow some parts that didn't used to and shrivel up other things. I, I don't know what will happen, but you would think but you'd like, want to go all the way. If you really are a woman and you really wanted to be in your whole life, you've believed you're a woman, well, then Go. Do it. But if you believe this is the thing, right, like this new world of how we understand if you're a boy or a girl, if you believe that's real, then it has nothing to do with your parts. I guess. So then why bother having yeah, the I surgery? Guess. Why bother going through know. it? Because well, it's got argument, nothing to do with his it. His right? argument would be that it's, he feels like he's lived most of his life this way and he's in his 60s now, mm -hmm. you know, heading towards 70. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to. It's too much. I, I just don't understand mm. at what point we're supposed to say... That, like Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner's been the public eye for a really long time. At some point in Caitlyn Jenner's life, Caitlyn Jenner decided she was Caitlyn Jenner and not Bruce Jenner. Okay? Mm -hmm. At some point. Before she told us, she didn't tell us the second it happened, she thought about this for a really long time. I mean, there was a, she was uh, dressing up as a girl for a while while she was Bruce Jenner, blah, 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 blah. At some point, she came out and said, you know what, I right. think I'm a girl, right? right? Is that the moment we're supposed to say she's a girl? Just that moment. So we're, we're all wrong before we know. Then we say, she says it, then we automatically have to say it. There's no process that, it goes, that she goes through. There's none of that. It's just the surgery is not necessary. There's no bright line other than her telling us, mm -hmm. right? That's the mm -hmm. only line. In fact, Bruce Jenner did an interview right before she turned into Caitlyn Jenner, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And said, I'm still Bruce Jenner. Mm -hmm. So even at that point, even when she had decided she was actually Caitlyn Jenner, but still calling herself Bruce Jenner, it was okay to call her Bruce Jenner. Now she's Caitlyn Jenner, and we're supposed to call her Caitlyn Jenner. It's really freaking confusing. And, and you know, like, to me, you need, so, like, the, the surgery is a sensible line to me. Now, there is a plenty of argument from people on the right that say, even after you have the surgery, you're still the same person, right? Like, you're still... A boy. Mm -hmm. uh, whether, you, whether you decide to change your parts or not, you're still a boy. You're born a boy. You're still a boy. You can't change that. You can change your appearance. You can change how things look, but you're still that person. And Because uh, you don't have ovaries, right? Well, right? If, like, you don't have, you don't have, like, it's, you're not. That's I, a really tough one because but, right, at least, to your maker, right? Right. You were assigned as a man. Right. As a boy. Sure. So because you have that surgery, is he now going to believe? Right. All right. That's my daughter now no right. I mean, did he make so a mistake? I, I totally understand that argument but for, for purposes of government for purposes yeah. mm -hmm. of if you go through the trouble yeah, of, for of having of, of a government, surgery I'm with you on that. where you're lopping off your man unit yes and it's being formed into a girl unit yeah then that's different like all right mm -hmm. i now you're I, a girl. You know, okay, now fine. You're a girl, yeah, whatever. that's a lot of trouble to go through. Yeah, uh, for, I'm, I'm okay right? with that. Line. But when you're just saying it, when you're going into Walmart and picking and buying twelve dollars of female clothing and saying all yeah. of a sudden I am this thing, I mean, just from purposes of government, how can you possibly say that's the standard? Anyone could do it. And we've said this again, over and over again. The line mm. is not Caitlyn Jenner, really. Even Caitlyn Jenner, who has not had the surgery, I don't even think is the line. The thing that people, most people are complaining about 
is some it's it's not Caitlyn Jenner, it's Jared from Subway. It's a guy who's right. a pervert weirdo who wants to go into women's bathrooms and is and now has a viable legal defense to say, wait, well, I just happened to feel like a woman that day. Look, my Yahoo message board post from six months ago where I was saying I was right. thinking about it, and I, you know, it's I've got a record. And even saying if this, this right, and even if the states like I was just reading this was the first one that came up was from Vermont. But I'm sure that each state is probably pretty close to this, talking about uh, the first thing you need in order to change your gender markers without surgery is a trans-friendly physician, psychologist, or psychiatrist. And then it goes on step-by-step of what you need to do to prove that you are uh, indicating your commitment to a new gender role. Now, those are the people that you're not worried about. Those people have already, if they've changed... They're going in. They're already there, right? They've already got the clothes. I mean, They've already maybe, but I mean, like, I mean, I, first of all, this is a lot for, of work. First of all, look, using the, the the left logic on this, right? Wouldn't you say that it is hateful to make someone commit to a gender? <laughs> yes. I mean, isn't that the next level of this? It what sure do you mean is. I have to commit to it? What if I feel one way one day and I feel another way another day? Mm-hmm. What do you mean commit to a gender? That is, that's hateful right there. You're, you're limiting my choices. And you've really opened it up to pervs. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can say anything. And again, like... And I, they have to be believed at that but, point, but right? But think of Bruce Jenner, who is the example that everyone talks mm-hmm. about. He did that. He dressed he up some days and lived like a woman. Yep. He dressed up most days, mm-hmm. lived like a man. But every once in a while, he would go out in women's clothing around the city and do things mm-hmm. like a woman. That was his transition. Are we going to stop his transition? Right. And again, you, you might say, well, we'll be able to figure out who, who Jared from Subway is. How? Especially if he lays a ground a backstory for it. I mean, all he has to do is post anonymously on message boards with his IP address. And they're going to be able to, he's going to go back there and his lawyers are going to say, look, this guy's been posting online about this for two years. He's been saying, I don't know, am I a man or a woman? I'm having problems. I'm questioning and then he goes into this bathroom, a place, by the way, for the moment that has no cameras. Uh, right. And you know, what the hell is going to happen in that room That's when some think... little girl is there and Jared's in there with a legal defense to be in there now? I think we need to go with the stew plan there. Mm-hmm. One person, one bathroom. That's the, way, the only way to solve it, man. I, I honestly, and I believe it's that's a good, the plan. It's a good answer. It sure is. Constitutional amendment, one person, one bathroom. One person, one bathroom. That's it. So it doesn't matter. It There's doesn't no matter. There's no male or female bathroom. Right. There's no family bathrooms. One person. I mean, it doesn't solve every problem, but it does solve that one. It's supposed to be the family for the parents with the kids. Jeffy, I need to know, do you identify as such right now? Uh, as what? As I, do, what? I do identify as, as such. an undocumented asexual. <laughs> <laughs> is that okay? Yes, All yes, right, I do. Good. I'm okay. identifying All as right. that right awesome. now. Awesome. Uh, more patents too is coming up. Couldn't lie. Uh, Signed behind me, like awesome that. piece from the wonderful world of Stu. Oh yeah. Just this last week, I saw right? Jeffy was posting some new Fukushima right. stuff. Oh, don't even start with oh, Fukushima. Oh, the death toll. Death toll. Yeah. Don't even horrific. get me started on it. Mm-hmm. Horrific, horrific death toll. So you think it's double Q? I think it's double Q. So I think it's Q squared. We were trying to come up with the it's LGBT. B-T-Q-B. We've been saying that, and, and, and Jeffy correctly points out that we we need to throw in the Q. Never mentions the Q. I, I, I wouldn't never. say never, I, but I do apologize to my queer friends. But that's what uh, we were saying: is it a queer or is it is questioning? Is it queer or questioning? 
We are not. Uh, I think it's both. I think it's Q squared. I think it should be LGBTVQ squared. It might have to be because it is both. It is both? It is both. I mean, that's their... So it's, yeah, so it's LGBTQQ. Mm-hmm. The V is not there, actually. No, there's no V. <laughs> that we know of. It just, when we started was out, it was GBTV. GBTV, and that always confused us, and we couldn't LGBTV. say LGBT. You can't say LGBTV. So there you go. Uh, speaking of... Um, <laughs> QQ. QQ. LGBTQQ. QQ. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, Wonderful World of Stew uh, aired this uh, past weekend, and we talked about something Jeffy was posting a, a lot about this weekend, which was the new takeover of Fukushima by wild nuclear boars. I warned about this. Well, you did? I warned I about it, though. <laughs> I said, what I about the radiated wild boars? Oh, is that what that bumper sticker? Yes. Because <laughs> yes. you have a bumper sticker on your car. It just says, simply what a- says... What about the radiated wild boars who will take over the area surrounding food? It just simply says that. It just simply it says, just says that. Simple at all. No, it's you know, really specific. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's no. weird. Uh, so we wanted to go into a little bit of the uh, history of nuclear power and, and uh, how dangerous is it? Because that's all you hear is how bad and scary it is. We oh, can't have bad. any nuke plants. Uh, because it's so bad and scary. Uh, Is that true? Watch. Okay. In the early 1990s, Ted Turner created a Saturday morning cartoon called Captain Planet and the Planeteers. The general storyline was a six-year-old Al Gore's dream. Five kids are summoned by Gaia to fight against big corporations and their devastating, earth-killing activities. When the battle is too much for the kids to take, they combine their powers of earth, wind, fire, water heart for some reason to summon captain planet who saves the world from the brink of utter environmental disaster in less than 23 minutes captain planet's most menacing nemesis was a character called duke nukem a mutated giant glowing yellow block of toxic waste who was of course a big supporter of nuclear power well, if it isn't a planet tears, why don't you grab a rod and go fishing? Nuclear fishing, get it? <laughs> All right, I never said the show was actually written well. We've been conditioned since childhood to perceive nuclear energy as something to be feared, something uncontrollable, something evil that must be combated with our most moral and make-believe do-gooders. When people think of nuclear power, disastrous images of the accidents at Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, and Fukushima usually come to mind. But how bad were they? Chernobyl was an accident waiting to happen. The Soviet reactor simply had no containment vessel. Organizations like Greenpeace like to claim that the aftermath of Chernobyl would cause approximately 270,000 cancers and 93,000 fatal cancer cases. Some early estimates were as high as 500,000 deaths. Of course, those numbers weren't even close to accurate. Over 100 scientists put together a 600-page report studying every possible aspect of the Chernobyl disaster. We're talking every organization worth an acronym got together. The IAEA, WHO, UNDP, FAO, UNEP, UNOCHA, UNSCEAR, and the World Bank. I'd call them the WB, but then you'd think a crappy TV network was investigating Ukrainian nuclear accidents. 
The official estimate is not 500,000, but 50. Not 50,000, 50, like slightly more than four dozen people. The report concluded, quote, fewer than 50 deaths have been directly attributed to radiation from the disaster, almost all being highly exposed rescue workers. Now, scientists believe that as many as 4,000 could eventually die from the radiation at some point in the future. However, more than half of them are, once again, recovery operation workers exposed in the cleanup, leaving us with the number one nuclear safety tip. If you don't want to die from a nuclear meltdown, don't clean one up in the Soviet Union. Mm. Of course, the Soviet government massively lied to their people. That, combined with a heaping spoonful of ineptitude, meant that many children of the era wound up drinking contaminated milk. Thankfully, this has been far from a death sentence. Quote, the survival rate among such cancer victims has been almost 99%. Chernobyl is widely considered the worst nuclear disaster of all time. A pretty amazing title considering that the plant continued to operate until the year 2000 and still to this day employs 3,800 people. Yes, 76 times the amount of people that died because of Chernobyl still work at Chernobyl. Six million people still call the area around Chernobyl home, and the ominous, iconic Ferris wheel is rotting from old age and neglect, not radiation. Now, Three Mile Island was, in fact, the complete opposite of a catastrophe. It was actually a success story. Nuclear power has won over former Greenpeace activist and founder Patrick Moore, he praised the power plant, writing, The concrete containment structure did just what it was designed to do, prevent radiation from escaping into the environment. And although the reactor itself was crippled, there was no injury or death among nuclear workers or nearby residents. What about Japan's Fukushima? Tragically, about a thousand people died because of Fukushima. During the evacuation... A grand total of zero people died as a result of the radiation exposure. None, making it incredibly clear that the evacuation from a nuclear disaster is far, far more dangerous than the actual nuclear disaster. According to one of our favorite acronyms, UNSCEAR, radiation exposure following the nuclear accident at Fukushima did not cause any immediate health effects. It is unlikely to be able to attribute any health effects in the future among the general public and the vast majority of workers. Yes, accidents have happened, but nuclear power isn't the dreaded cluster f that Captain Planet purports that it is. The world's still full of nuclear power plants and nuclear warheads. There will be other accidents. I will have my day. Then everyone will be like me. <laughs> Not while I'm here to stop you, Nukem. <laughs> wow, that show is awful. Despite the annoying captain's propaganda, not only is nuclear power safe, it is the safest form of energy known to man. Even wind power kills over 60% more people per kilowatt hour. Solar, almost five times as many as nuclear. And hydro, more than 15 times as many. According to the UN, coal kills everyone in the world five times over every three hours.
it's a little ridiculous. But some of the pollution estimates, ah, they go a little over the top. But mining and production do kill people far more frequently than nuclear. Hydropower is thought of as safe and green. But just one series of dam collapses in China in the mid-70s killed between 170 and 230,000 people. Really poorly acted eco-villains like Duke Nukem can't come close to competing with that. And if it's global warming scare tactics that you like, remember that according to the EPA, nuclear power plants do not emit carbon dioxide, sulfur dioxide, or nitrogen oxides. Problem solved. Take that, Captain Planet. I can save the Earth from environmental destruction and loss of human life in way less than 23 minutes, and I can do it with the help of Duke Nukem. Captain Stu, he's our hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. <laughs> I like that. So to review, nuclear power is safe, accidents are rare, and even the worst ones are usually relatively minor in the end. Nuclear power is actually the greenest energy source, if greenness was actually a thing. And nuclear power is not scary. The fact that Ted Turner made a children's cartoon is what's scary. through this segment. You know whose uh, perspective on this particular segment I'm truly interested in? Who's that? Uh, it's unique. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's never been heard. And that's Jeff Fish. Oh, gosh. I, I think Jeffy is the one who should really take us through this. Jeffy. Jeffy. <coughs> what, uh, what segment are we, uh, are we talking about? <laughs> the one we're supposed to be doing right now. Uh, uh, well, uh, Washington Post media blogger Eric Wemple has reported that the New York Times is getting very serious about its diversity goals in recruiting, hiring, and promoting. About time. Um, Jeffy, your thoughts? Well, I think that all companies need to be concerned with their mm-hmm. diversity in yes. all aspects of hiring. Well, what there do you are think a number of, of companies who struggle with that. What do you think of meeting the diversity goals or being fired, specifically, Jeffy? I think if you're in charge of hiring and you don't meet those goals, you should be fired. That's part of, the, <laughs> part of being working for the company. Let's move on. Okay. No, you're supposed to carry the segment, not say let's move on 10 seconds after you start talking. Oh. It's a big moment in this baseball game. Is he out yet? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I mean, we're Stu's watching the Toronto the Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. Yeah, the bases right are now. loaded. There goes there the runners. Of course. Runners. He walked him. He walked oh, him. he walked in a run. We got take a second the lead. run of the walked evening. In a run. Jays take the lead. Two, two to one. one. Two walked to one. in a run right. with two outs. Can we now finish the show? Okay, yeah. Wow. Well, I told you. Can you? one of you guys just handle it? I'm in the middle of an important. There's an important game on. I was interested, but the bases are loaded. They were in the Hooters zone. They should go to Hooters and get wings loaded. And they did, and then they we did. walked in a run. <laughs> they walked in a which is brought to you which, by. They walked in a run, which is brought to you by Nike, the new walking shoe. Now the bases are still loaded again. Don't forget, Hooters, all wings loaded. This is one of the weird things uh, <laughs> of the season where, where the Red Sox, because of the Boston Marathon, Patriots Day, they do a, mm. ooh, oh, no. did you oh, just hit oh, somebody? Oh. Sorry. Um, they do a uh, uh, 10 a.m. start. For baseball, oh, it's the only uh, one of the season. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, if you're watching this on delay, you already know the result of the game or don't care about it. 
which is pro- probably <laughs> which is, yeah. is, is it's possible watching it live. But what I'm saying here is, <clears throat> Jeffy, walk us through this. We're in the, can you just read the story or do something? Do you have any value on this show? You know he has none. You know he has none. Do something. Talk. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> I will say this, though. <clears throat> Bud White, uh, Buzz Lightyear has uh, won his battle over a dri- uh, driver's license. A man who changed his name to Buzz Lightyear for charity has won a battle with the DVLA, uh, what is that, Department of Vehicles, Los Angeles, to have a driver's license in his new name. Mr. Lightyear, formerly Sam Stevens, changed his name by deed poll, but uh, said the DVLA would not honor his request, citing reputational damage. What? 26-year-old Devin. But Caitlin could be a female? Uh, yes. Yeah. Bruce Jenner could be a female? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. He also has a tattoo of the character. Uh, said he had now been issued the, the uh, new license with the new name on it. Nice. He said they had a range of evidence that was needed for the application, and now they have it. We recognize people may choose to change their name for many reasons. The driving license is an important official document which is used both here and abroad. That's why we look for a range of evidence to support the application before we update our records. So what exactly? Because doesn't Caitlyn Jenner live in Los Angeles? Or at least California, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So he would have had to present a range. How did they put it? They would follow some sort of procedure, right? That was... yeah. So there, there'd be a wide range of important official documents which they would be looking for here. So now you can just, you can, yeah, I mean, there, you have to. You can't just, I mean, you can call yourself anything you want. Yeah. You can say, hey, my name is, you know, Floor. It doesn't matter, but <laughs> that's not what it says on your ID. Right. Or you can't just go, what uh, name? Oh, I've mm-hmm. decided to call myself uh, Floor today. Yeah. They're not going to put that on your driver's license. I'm a woman. When you're clearly a man, then d- do you have to go and prove it? They need a wide yeah. range of evidence, you would, you would think yes. you would have to. Because even, I mean, I've, I've changed I my name know. before. I mean, I've been called a bunch of different names, but, you know. You never, have? What, legally, like, can you name some of them? Legally. Well, I don't want to give away all the names that I've changed them to, because. But she was of one names, of them, wasn't it? Some of those names may be. <laughs> Explicit? Maybe. Well, no, they, 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 there may be some areas in the country that they still may be looking for those names. But, uh, oh, I but, see. Uh, <laughs> You're saying that maybe there's a warrant for an arrest of some of these I didn't other say people. That. I didn't say that. I just said it's possible that there would be people that were looking for that name. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, have, I did change my name to a car lot once with a branded Hyundai. I did that for a year. Got a free car out of the deal, too. Right, yes. <clears throat> for a year, right? Did. You nice didn't get to keep it, but no, they didn't give me the Hyundai. Did you? They could have one of those dumb radio bits. Like, I changed him. my name to Brandon Hyundai, Brandon Hyundai for an entire year, so that I get to cool. drive this car for free. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I thanked them for that. That's nice. <laughs> that you did. You, uh, fight, you have an interesting way of driving cars that you don't pay for. Maybe that's one of the reasons why some of your names are still being looked around. (laughs) That's possible. Mm -hmm. That's possible Mm -hmm. that that may have been one of the things that I use a different name for. Also, according to uh, BuzzFeed, people are loving this teenager's over-the-top senior pictures. Uh, Chris Costello, an 18-year-old senior at Combs High School in Santan Valley, Arizona. The fun-loving student told BuzzFeed that he never takes himself too seriously. He loves to have a good time. And when it came time to taking his senior pictures for his graduation announcement, Costello, 
wanted to do something that would make people laugh as well as capture the essence of his personality. So there he is uh, throwing money out of uh, an airplane, <laughs> Okay, I guess. Uh, Bizarre. All right. Uh, what else? Do we have others? Yes, we have others. Uh, there he is drinking near a uh, Jesus Loves uh, graffiti on the airplane. Mm-hmm. Here he is uh, shaking champagne, I guess, or <laughs> in his... A little confetti mm-hmm. action going on there. Mm-hmm. A little, uh... Oh, nice. Oh. Oh, oh, well. oh no. Now he's... He just did cocaine. He's... Jeffy, would that, is that a, a no, legitimate that's... way to show how you do cocaine? Is well, that I mean, a good, good act? Beginners, good... sure. Okay, you can tell it's, he's, not a, he's not a real cocaine user. Plus, there's no residue on the hat. I mean, there wasn't even any cocaine there. Yeah, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Apparently OD'd and he fell to the floor and got a picture taken there. And uh, uh, He's a fun-loving kid, that's all. He is, and, and you know, Pat, he <laughs> plans to attend college in New York City, but he eventually wants to get into comedy. Man, what a great wow. start. <laughs> great start. So there you go. <laughs> he's actually lifted up his gown there, showing that he's got pants on underneath. That's comedy right there for you. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. He's just a fun-loving kid who likes to have a good time. That's all. By the way, for those interested, uh, Russell Martin, two-run single, uh, four-to-one Blue Jays. Nice. Not that I was watching the game during Uh, the segment. All people interested are living in Toronto, Canada right now. Wow, you know oh. what? What inning is that? What inning are we in? Uh, we're in the eighth, uh, top of the. Wow, eighth. for those of you that picked the eighth inning for a two-run home, you can go down to Pizza Hut and get your new free slice of pizza with your ticket from today's <laughs> ball game. Next. Hey, they don't even serve slices at Pizza Hut, do they? <laughs> sure, they do. We're talking about the over-commercialization the of baseball broadcasts, and we're also talking and about the over-commercialization of the human psyche. <laughs> yes, well, that's which is the institutionalization, right. I believe, and over-commercialization. Right. I think we can yeah. both. I mean, whose paradigm are you right, and whose what construct know. am I right? I right? don't know. You know? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know anything maybe. about it. What about the collectivization of manufacture? I, you know, I we know. have not talked about that at all today. We need a segment every day uh, dedicated to the collectivization of human, uh, of, of the of, of of manufacturer, manufacturer and the institu- institutionalization of the human psyche. Yes, we do. Just one, which yes, is, I'm just saying one section, one segment a day for each topic. That's all. I'm not, I'm not saying we go crazy on it. Right. You know, we, 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 do we have a little bit of a, a dedication to the collectivization of manufacture every day? I mean, I think I so, don't know. right? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I love the maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Don't know. Maybe. 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 Yeah. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. So uh, it was kind of fun to see that uh, when Colbert was doing his old show, The Colbert Report, uh, he actually put that guy on uh, one of his segments. He never accredited us for the interview. Which he used the interview that we did on the Blaze on Glenn's show mm-hmm. and just showed the guy and his stupidity. It was kind of fun. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. More patents too is inevitable. We're sorry about that, by the way. I mean, we, we don't apologize enough. What are we? Re- uh, what are we uh, apologizing for? Apologizing for collectivization and manufacture. I don't know. I do have a second second, perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Why would I know? I'm only doing it.
you saying, Pat? I'm just saying understanding that rights and civil liberties, you know, are something that we protect is also understanding that they have consequences that are also protected or tolerated, you know. The exercise of civil liberties is antithetical to the idea of a completely totalizing state. It's just the way it is, you know. No, I don't. What am I resisting? <laughs> resisting the collectivization of manufacture? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I don't not know sure. either, I'm but not you're sure. the one resisting it, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would opinion. think I would know, but I don't. I don't. I don't. Is it the institutionalization of the human psyche? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, I, uh, I, I actually put into the Google search uh, institutionalization of the human psyche, <clears throat> and it goes to Cody Wilson, uh, a Wikipedia page on Cody, Cody Rutledge Wilson is an American crypto-anarchist. Uh, so he's a crypto-anarchist. And, and what is cited here is an interview on American gun politics and popular science that he did and on subversion and resistance during a 2013 interview with Glenn Beck on the nature and motivations behind his effort. And then they, they quote the nonsense. How, is that like, it's a big thing outside of our show somehow. I guess so. Hmm. I, I just thought we were just repeating it because it was funny. Yeah, well, that's why I was. I, I didn't realize it was a thing outside of the show. It's like we repeated it enough because it was funny that it actually turned into a real thing. <laughs> <I> right. <guess laughs> so. um, uh, many historians are going to tell you about uh, William Henry Harrison dying of pneumonia, um, but that might not be so true. He didn't die of pneumonia? He died of the institutionalization of the human psyche. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Did he resist the collectivization of manufacture? He, he, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're not sure? Just watch the video, please. Okay. All right. I will. William Henry Harrison passed away just one month after entering the White House. Oh, my gosh. As the story goes, Harrison caught a cold while delivering his yeah, exceptionally right. long inauguration speech uh, that's what on a cold, wet day in early March. Uh -huh. That cold turned into pneumonia and took the president's life. But researchers re-examined the journal of Harrison's physician, oh, Dr. No. Thomas Miller, and found that his symptoms were really more indicative of typhoid fever. Ooh, Miller even voiced doubts of his own diagnosis, saying, quote, the term pneumonia afforded a succinct and intelligible answer to the innumerable questions as to the nature of the attack. Oh, Although Harrison baby. did have a fever and trouble breathing intermittently throughout the illness, the more constant and severe symptoms were constipation and abdominal distension. Harrison also had a history of indigestion. At the time, this was typically treated with carbonated alkali, which neutralizes the gastric acid that kills off bacterial pathogens. This may have made Harrison more vulnerable to intestinal infection. And this conclusion is in line with other presidential ailments of the decade. Both James Polk and Zachary Taylor developed gastroenteritis while in the White House. Oh boy. Taylor's case, like Harrison's, proved deadly, while Polk recovered briefly but died of cholera just three months later. So what cholera. killed these three wow. presidents? It was most likely the White House's drinking water. D.C., like most places in the mid-19th century, didn't yet have a modern sewer system. The White House received its water from a spring to the northeast, the in a square bounded a by 13th, 14th, I, and K streets. Unfortunately, this spring was just seven blocks downstream from a night soil depository. This sewage dump would have been a breeding ground for two deadly bacteria, Salmonella typhi and Salmonella paratyphi, which caused typhoid and paratyphoid fever, also known as gastroenteritis. 
It seems likely that these bacteria found their way into the White House water supply and ultimately took the lives of these U.S. presidents. Holy crap. Wow. We killed three presidents off with crappy water? That's pretty bad. <laughs> that is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty bad. Uh, interesting, though, because presidents uh, back in the 1800s, or late 1700s, early, 18, early to mid-1800s, it didn't fare well. Even though they had probably the best doctors known at the time, they really didn't know what they were doing. Like the guys who treated uh, Washington, because he had, I don't know, I think he had a fever. It was a fairly high fever, and he had flu-like symptoms. And so what did they do to him? Do you know what the treatment was? I do, and it was agonizing to think that they would actually do it. They bled him over and over and over again. They thought that bloodletting They would... cut him and let the blood flow out, thinking the infection was going to go with it. Instead, he bled to death. <laughs> so, yeah, too much, they let too much blood out yeah. so it couldn't reproduce. And there was one of the younger doctors there that was like, stop cutting him. He's the president <laughs> of the United States. He's going to bleed to death. And the old guy, the guy who was actually the presidential doctor, is like, shut up, you young whippersnapper. You don't know what's going on here. I know best. Yeah. Cut that man. And it's pretty widely believed now that it was basically the physician that killed him. That's crazy. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and it, sh it, I mean, it shines a light on today. I mean, look, yeah. think about this. Was it Sean Parker, uh, the guy who did Napster and was involved in the early days of Facebook right. and very, very wealthy billionaire type uh, guy mm -hmm. now, has just decided to donate $250 million to cancer research. Wow, really? $250 million. That's pretty great. It's awesome, right? Pretty great. But it's probably like, a drop in a bucket to them, though. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's, still, that's, still, that's a that's amazing. I mean, I don't, I don't care who you are, two hundred fifty yeah, million. That's, I don't, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, there's literally no one on the planet that that's not a lot of money to. Even right. even Bill Gates would right. say, still, you're that's I mean, a you're, lot right. of money. You're taking Come a on. decent chunk mm -hmm. of, of of money, um, and I, I don't remember. I don't know exactly how the the donation is working or who it's going to. But the point is that we sit here and just we're like, hey, what's going on? How come we can't figure this cancer thing out? In 50 years or 100 years, they're going to be like, how could they not figure that cancer thing out? Yes, it's the same definitely. way we're like, what, why are we cutting people and letting them bleed to death? We, we yeah. look at it now as just this dumb right. part of history where these people were stupid. In reality, it's not that way. I mean, it's, you, it's very difficult to figure these things out, which is why I think viewing science with a certain amount of uh, skepticism is healthy. I think so, too. Uh, you know, you know there's a, these guys change what they you know. I mean, it's very recent that, you know, people, there were people, real doctors saying that smoking was healthy. There were real doctors saying. Um, Those guys are right. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. For, real you know what? doctors. What are you talking about? Jeff, real doctors. For you, you mean... smoking is healthy. You should continue <laughs> to do it as much as possible. Uh, but, I mean, we, we learn these things all the time. And it does not mean that we were idiots before. It mm -hmm. means that we were, you know, you're learning something new and trying to figure out something complicated. It's not always easy. It's okay to under to to admit that hey, we all thought it was going to warm and it didn't warm for the past 20 years. Oops. They it's okay to admit that. They won't. And say, you know what? Maybe we don't have as full of understanding as we thought. Instead, what they do is cling even tighter to those beliefs yeah. and say, well, now we know even more than before. I was... And it's like, well, I mean, it's okay. It, it's it's okay to be a little to back off your. Uh, acceleration a little bit in that area and say, well, maybe we should look at this a little closer. I always think of that Star Trek uh, movie, the scene in which, uh, in Star Trek IV, the Bones and um, some others are, I think I think the Captain Kirk is there too, but they, they're they 
they're going to look for Chekhov because he fell off a ledge or something and he hurt his head. So he's in the hospital and they're, they're looking for him and they're going through the hallways and there's people in the hallways on gurneys who are seeking treatment. And one woman in particular is getting dialysis treatment for bad kidneys. And he's like, dialysis, what is this, the Middle Ages, yeah. the Dark Ages? He gives her a pill and she's cured. Um, you know, eventually that'll probably happen for yeah. us. You won't need dialysis. You won't, you won't need, the, certainly you won't need to be poisoned well. Like yeah. we're doing now with oh, cancer right. treatments, yeah. but with chemo or radiation. I mean, you're poisoning the body well. I mean, just figuring out to wash your hands after examining a cadaver before that, going into childbirth was something that killed thousands and th I mean, thousands I mean, people. Saved hundreds of millions of lives, uh, probably just since, cleanliness, since that, but just washing since hands. the Civil War. But it took a long time a for people to figure that out. I mean, yeah. and it's not because they're idiots, because they had no way to know. Right. I mean, over time, they were able to learn it, and that's, that's the great thing about science. That's what you're supposed to do. It's okay to admit that you went down the wrong road. Leeches weren't necessarily the right thing. You know, another <laughs> example I can come down with, you know, off the top of my head would be um, something called, it's called Piltdown Man, and what, what it was. Right? Thank was, you! What? Yes! <laughs> The missing link that was supposedly the missing link between apes and man was actually the skull of a sheep and partially man. <laughs>